Welcome to The Well Drop, Own Your Wellness. I'm your host, Amber Berger. And I'm Dina Wismer. We are mothers, friends, wellness experts, and self-described warriors who have each experienced our own unique personal wellness journeys. We are your wellness friends here to give you drops of wisdom we've discovered over the years that actually work. Wellness, what is it really? The struggle is real and we're here to help sift through the noise. Today, we are so excited to have with us Janice Whale, who's been in the healing arts for 35 years. Janice, the term wounded healer applies to her. Having suffered from chronic illness since childhood, she found the answer by cleansing her body to self-heal and then become a colon hydrotherapist, which she has practiced for many, many years, helping others to restore their health and maintain well-being. I was referred to Janice several years ago now with the recommendation that I could benefit from a colonic and it has been transformative. I love it. It has played a huge role in my healing process and my feeling well. And I'm so grateful to Janice for introducing me to the practice in a calm and welcoming and gentle manner. And I'm so excited to talk with her today to share information about what colonics are, how are they beneficial, and who can benefit from them. So Janice, thank you so much for being with us at The Well Drop. Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure. Start off by telling us a little bit about your own personal health journey and how how you got into this. The journey into colonics began when I was 12 years old. I noticed in the toilet, you know, I guess we're going to be talking about this stuff, yes. so get ready. Yeah, filtered. <laughs> we talk about everything, Janice. Okay. <laughs> let it go. Let it rip. I was 12, and I noticed I was bleeding from my rectum, and also my stool was wrapped in like a rope. Mucus. Yeah, it was mucus, but it was n- not ordinary mucus. It was literally, it looked like a rope. Hmm. All right. So, of course, my mother, my loving mother, uh, was very concerned. And she made appointments for me with three different doctors. And it was, uh, was the journey into, you know, becoming diagnosed. Three doctors with three different diagnoses, which is, they were back in the day, I mean, I'm 71 now, so that's 60, 59 years ago or whatever. They said spastic colon, and that was a term they used for irritable bowel today, IBS. That was pretty sophisticated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of them said colitis. The examination was very traumatic for me as a 12-year-old because my mother was not even in the room. Wow. wow. And they put instruments up my rectum. Yeah. 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 That's it terrifying. was pretty yeah. traumatic. I mean, I pretty much trusted them and I just, you know, keep my ba- mouth shut and went with it. And they, they diagnosed me with colitis and one doctor said spastic colon. And then they said I should eat a bland diet. That's it. So nobody mentioned emotions because what I found out through the years with different symptom, and maybe once a year I would have it, was after I had an emotional crisis. So that's that's my relationship to emotions was always showed up in my gut. Right. And you made that connection. I made that connection, yeah. Yeah. And when I saw that in the toilet, I said, oh, my nervous system 
is not okay. I need to calm myself down. I need to do something for my stress level. Mm-hmm. Even as a 12-year-old, you knew that? That's amazing. No, no, no. Not as a 12-year-old. In the years that Go followed on. when this symptom came up, Got okay. it. I said, wait, something's wrong and I have to calm myself down. Because the f- eating a bland diet, I suppose, was a little bit helpful, but I always had a bland diet. So nothing you know, really changed when you nothing, went to the bland Nothing diet. really changed. I had a few food uh, issues. Like intolerances or something? No, no. When I was uh, like uh, in camp, I was a counselor in camp. I only wanted to eat watermelon the whole summer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and my mother let me do it, you know. So I had a few issues. I don't know what was going on because we never examined what's wrong with Janice, you know. <laughs> okay. So how did you how did you end up at colonics as a healing method okay. mechanism? And how so, old were you when you discovered that? Yeah. Well, uh, back in the day, I'm always going to say back in the day because <laughs> it was a really different time back then. Very you know, different. Every was very different. My sister and I went to what's called the New Age Health Farm up in Neversink, New York, around Monticello. Mm -hmm. And they had, it was owned by Swedish people, and we did juice cleanses. And he also uh, looked at my eyes as iridology. And he said, he through, through iridology, he said, you need a colonic. Wow. Yeah. So he recommended chiropractor in Forest Hills, Queens, Dr. Rodriguez. I'm sure he's not there anymore. And he, he had a hallway with a, a blank entrance. It felt like you were going to something very wrong. It's you know, it, was, it was really. <laughs> the best places are sometimes in the darkest dungeons. <laughs> <laughs> no, no label, nothing. No, no. And, and this woman, Fayette, who was a nurse, she gave me a colonic. And how old were you? I was 20. You were 20. So it took a while from the time that you had your bowel issues until you discovered colonics. Were you not feeling well? Or like what had you go to that new age health farm? Oh, my sister and I were just into healing and health. Yeah, exploring. I mean, back in the day before this, I don't know if you know your grandparents. My parents went to milk farms. Did you ever hear that expression? Milk farms upstate no, New York? But no. I yes. have a milk farm, so I'm going to check <laughs> so out they what the milk farm is. It was a milk farm. And uh, they would just, you know, rest and rejuvenate and eat well. And it wasn't necessarily drinking milk, but they called it milk farms. So this was a type of thing. We went away to cleanse, juice fast. People were juice fasting back then. Right. And so when you went to for mm-hmm. your first colonic, did you know what that would entail or did you just go open-minded and sit down? I went open-minded. Yeah. And That's what did amazing. you see from the time that you started? How quickly did you see a difference in your body? The moment I went to the bathroom after the colonic. Wow. That fast. Yeah. The mo- yes, because it was a, quite a relief. It was it was a feeling of letting go and getting rid of something that I absolutely didn't need. And it was like, oh, my God, this feels amazing. So for people who don't know what a colonic is, can you explain what a colonic is? Colonic is a gentle water irrigation of your colon. 
That's what it is, basically. The way I studied and learned, it's uh, gentle gravity. Nowadays, mm -hmm. I have machines, but I'm still using the old-fashioned gentle gravity. Mm -hmm. And that's an interesting point. Um, you, you've told me and shared with me that colonics is a tool that's been used for an extremely long time. Um, mm -hmm. Can you give us just a brief summary of the history of colonics? Oh, that's, it's interesting. There are hieroglyphics in Egypt showing uh, tanks and people getting cleansed, even from back then. And it's also been told that the Greek and the Roman, you know, the houses of cleansing, the water cleanses, they were giving colonics thousands of years ago. Well, I think that's then fascinating. Well. I think that's such a great point, you know, just diving back into history. And the Egyptians were pretty progressive, I think, with their mm -hmm. health care, that they managed their health, you know, in this way, which was probably not common for that time. Just to show well, that colonics isn't some trend, right? Because I think it, it has been trending a little bit, but this is really something that's been going on for centuries. Yeah. And it's actually a healing mechanism. It's not just about this weight loss and that it really helped to heal you from your irritable bowel or colitis. And so when you first started, how Can often... I just add something? Yes. Can I add something to that? Which I think is very important even today. My grandparents and your great-grandparents are grandparents, if they came from another country, which most of them did, if a child or an adult said, I'm not feeling well, immediately they would be administered an enema, immediately, okay? Now, 35 years ago, when I started giving colonics before the internet, if people were not feeling well, they would call me and say, I'm not feeling well, boom, that day or the next day, they would come for a colonic. Hmm. Now, because of all the misinformation, I'll call it that, because of all the fear that and all the culture of medical, yeah. People call me and say, I'm not feeling well. I need to cancel the appointment. I've done that. I'm guilty of that. <laughs> it's the exact opposite. And I don't want to go in. You know, in the past, I've said, well, back in the day, we would come and nobody would really respond to that because why would you believe it? You've been, most people have been indoctrinated into, you know, but the real you know, healing comes from getting those toxins out and feeling better that day. So and, and stopping the the virus from the virus from within your body. Yes. And, and plus, I also know children who are brought up in South America. The medicine people, even children, would be given herbs to cleanse, and all day long they'd be running into the forest. <laughs> to poop, poop. And these are children. Yeah. And so the indigenous people knew that you clean the body. And this is without the bad food, because they didn't have bad food there. Mm -hmm. This is without environmental toxins, you know. And this is just the body needs to cleanse because there's an accumulation and an excess of waste. So the medicine people knew children need to cleanse. And they didn't give colonics, you know, in South America, but they surely did in Russia, you know, which is where my grandparents come from. They also did 
animals, and they also did those uh, cupping. Well, Chinese, but it. My grandparents did cups for everyone in the family, which is the bonkers. They called them bonkers back then. So everybody knew back in the day, cleanse, cleanse. You know, it's very important because we accumulate so much. It's not what you eat. It's what you actually absorb that makes who you are. And you can't absorb things if you're toxic. You can't absorb nutrients if you're toxic, full of waste. And how much buildup is there? So, what does a colonic do? Does it empty out your entire colon? Like, what is a colonic exactly? So, can you walk us through a treatment, for example, for someone who's never okay. had one? Well, when I give a colonic, I'm cleaning the large intestine, and then there's the small intestine as well, which you can't clean. But mm -hmm. when you clean the large intestine, you allow the waste to come out from the small intestine. And if you don't do that, you could get conditions like SIBO, small intestine bacterial overgrowth. So if a doctor diagnoses you with SIBO and does not say get colonics, most it's, don't. <laughs> I'll just and most don't. Do you know back in the day? That should be the name of my podcast. Back in the day. <laughs> That'll be the title for this episode, Back okay. in the Day. Back in the day, I used to give colonics to doctors. Love that. They would come. You mentioned the fear that surrounds colonics. And I'm curious in terms of appeasing that fear, what are people who've never gotten a colonic, somebody who's listening to this today, mm -hmm. what do you recommend in terms of how to find the right person to see, what questions to ask ahead of time, how to ease that fear if you have trepidation going into this? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, personally, I feel like being prepared and knowing what I should be asking or who I should, who, how do I know who to trust? Mm -hmm to do this procedure. Uh, what do you recommend to people who are just starting out on this journey? Well, for the most part nowadays, you should get a recommendation from somebody you know. That, that would be very helpful. Um, somebody who knows their local colon therapist, and then that person can call and ask questions, uh, important questions. I, when I was starting my practice, I would go around to every health food store in the city, which there aren't anymore, you know, the local health food store, and I would give my card, and they would be able to refer people and ask those questions. So now it has to really be through some word of mouth, someone you know. And the questions would be, do you use um, disposable equipment? I think that's very important. And a lot of people don't. They still use uh, stainless steel, which is fine. I, I studied on stainless steel, and I practiced on stainless steel. But then when the uh, AIDS epidemic happened, people did not want stainless steel anymore. They wanted disposable colonics. So I, I learned, I practiced. It's a different feeling to the colonic. And now I just love the disposable. So that would be important. What kind of equipment do you use? You have to ask if what kind of filter you, do you use on the water? I use reverse osmosis filter. And why a, does that make a difference, the water? Well, it takes out Geordi. It takes out the bacteria from the, the, the water. Because uh, you don't want to be, because, well, we'll get into what a clonic is exactly. Because yes. you're putting water in when you're doing the treatment. So if you're putting... Mm -hmm contaminated water and our water has a ton of it's not just like bacteria and viruses tons of metals so you can be like putting that in your and, body right i never even thought about that and chlorine and 
you know. It's a big deal. Or, yeah, it is a very big deal. And I think reverse osmosis is one of the best systems to use for colonics. Mm-hmm. And I would ask if a practitioner stays with you, because now they use machines, what method colonics are they using? I've had colonics with machines, and I personally don't like them because the thrust is too strong and it hurt me. So the gentle gravity still to this day, even though it's the oldest, it's the most gentle and for me the most effective because... Uh, it's not just about getting waste out, but it's exercising the muscle. The uh, large intestine is a muscle. That helps me explain how it feels. I mean, it helps me understand why also the colonic feels the way it feels because you are using your muscle while you're having exactly. it. Right? Ex- yeah. Exactly. And, you know, it could cramp at times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, the muscle can uh, actually get much stronger from getting colonics because of the peristalsis. I'm like, encouraging it, you know, with my massage and the water, it encourages it to be stronger and to work on its own. Whereas the machines, I'm not sure if the machines could do that. The machines get rid of waste. I'm in favor of that. And it does the job, but it sounds a little bit more intense. I guess I'm a big fan of anything that's been, I'm like kind of old school. So I like an old school. Back in the method. day. I like back the back in the, in the day. day. I like the back in the day method. I do too. So for someone who's never experienced a colonic before, can you walk mm-hmm. us through exactly, about you do the gravity method, what is an experience like? So you walk in the door. Oh, sure. What so it's, well, it's very important for people to feel comfortable, you know, the surroundings and with me. So I do make a little bit of small talk and make sure somebody is, you know, feeling calm. And that that happens during the small talk. Mm-hmm. And I also ask a few questions about if they're on any medications and what their bowel movements are like, what their diet is like. Diet has a lot to do with bowel movements. And I uh, also have had uh, some texting back and forth for a few days, making sure they are hydrated. And I also encourage eating green leafy vegetables before the colonic because of the magnesium and the fiber that helps release. So if you come hydrated without having alcohol or red meat the night before, having a lot of vegetables and some fruits, the, so that's sort of the beginning of a colonic, making sure. And then they go change and empty their bladder and put on a gown. Mm-hmm. And when they come out, I explain the system. It's how the water flows into their colon. And I'm controlling the flow in and out. Okay. And at the same time, I'm massaging. And they're already feeling pretty comfortable, I think. Can I share the best part from my perspective? Okay, uh, yeah. Janice has a mirror so you can see oh. the waste that's coming out. And yeah. it's um, you, it's so, out through the tube. And it is unbelievably satisfying to see the waste leaving your body. That's my favorite part. Well, thanks for saying that because I think one of the greatest uh, experiences that comes out of getting colonics is that you have a new connection with your body. And that connection is vital to keeping healthy throughout your lifetime. You probably will become more sensitive to your body. You know, when when something 
is disturbing in your body, you'll be able to do it way before other people who are not aware of that. So what does the water, when the water's coming into your body, why do Mm -hmm. you need water to come into your body? What exactly is that process? Well, everybody does come in a completely different condition. Right. You know, and I, I, I help people who are constipated, highly constipated, and sometimes it's one colonic that gets it moving. So where the water will start to loosen up the waste. Got it. And that's very important. So the water functions as like, oh, hello, what's going on here? You know, it kind of meets the waste. Mm-hmm. And I gently uh, fill, release, fill, release. To help and move it down. To, to help move it down. So the beginning of that is the descending colon. And then once we get out, there's a lot of gas People have spastic colons, there's spasms on that side of the colon. Yeah, you said something interesting to me once about people having a buildup of gas, like you could have, is it months or years buildup of gas in your body? I never thought about it like that. Well, the large intestine is five to six feet long, and it's about two and a half inches thick. And Mm -hmm. it's scrunched up into this small area, five to six feet long. So what happens is it, it has pockets. And yes, the waste, the, the, the waste, the encrusted waste that has not come out for years and the gases can be actually stuck up in those pockets. It's all toxins, toxic gases and waste. But if somebody says, Oh, I go to the bathroom every day, like I don't have buildup. Is that, mm-hmm. would that be true or false? Like you still, like, what is that? Is it things that are stuck to the lining of your intestines that don't get removed? Waste can pass. Yes. But just imagine waste passing through that like tunnel, that tube. It's always going to leave a residual on the side. Always. It's not just going to, there's going to be residual waste. Yeah. And so if somebody has a bowel movement every day, it doesn't mean there's not been an accumulation along the walls of the colon and in the pockets. So I say, okay, that's fantastic. You know, know, that's great. But there's, and, and also, why are you coming to me? Because some people come just out of curio- curiosity. Their friends have had an amazing experience. That was me. Wait, <laughs> same here, yeah. Dina. Dina's like, yeah. you need to try this. I said, okay, I will go and try it. <laughs> and I, I am curious, Janice, so if, if leaving that waste and that to- those toxins in our body, what are some of the ways that that manifests? What are some symptoms of that that you could identify? Well, that encrusted waste can start to ferment and create gases from that. It could attract parasites, and that's something that you want to clear the body of as well. We still have the ability through the large intestine to receive nutrients in the blood system. And if it's highly encrusted, you're not going to have the benefit of those nutrients. And you're also not going to have the benefit of the small intestine. That's where we receive all the nutrients from the small intestine. If the small intestine is clogged as a result of the large intestine being clogged, you're just not flowing. The lymphatic receives, I don't know, I know that when I get a colonic, my lymphatic drains. Everything, it's like uh, if you have a house, if anybody ever owned a house, you know that at least once a year, 
they come and drain the septic tank. It's the same thing. That's our large intestine is the septic tank. And if you're not going to release it from the bottom, then the blood and the lymph is not, is not going to release as well. So it really does support the blood system and the lymphatic system as well. So more than just like removing the waste, I also think of it like descaling. I always have to descale my coffee machine. You're descaling your body, right? It's not top of mind because it's not part of our culture, but I think once you start it and you experience it, it kind of makes sense. Like Dina was saying, she enjoys watching the waste get removed. All of a sudden, it's like it starts to click for you. Like, oh yeah, like it kind of makes sense to like give yourself a clean out. Now, how often should somebody get a colonic? It, that also depends on the person. You know, I try and meet the person where they're at when they come for a colonic, and if they're not having any digestive issues, then maybe at the beginning of each season is a good idea. Like Just like the ind- the indigenous people. If somebody is having digestive problems, I always uh, suggest a mini series, which would be two or three colonics, three colonics in general, once a week. And I also suggest uh, taking probiotics while they're doing that. And then after that, as a maintenance, most of my clients come once a month. It's often, it's like, you know, if you have very tight muscles, uh, if you live in the city, wherever you live, you know, we're pretty stressed out over here. People hold on to Mm -hmm. attention. So you go for a massage once a month. It's the same thing. It's still a muscle. It still accumulates. We have a lot of toxins that are coming to us even you know, as we breathe and our food is not pure anymore. Um, if we eat in restaurant restaurants, we're not eating organically. So a lot of people have glyphosate in their bodies. Yeah. Can you explain and what that is for those who don't know? Glyphosate is uh, a spray onto the vegetables and the uh, a lot onto wheat as well, which is why people are go gluten-free right now. Basically, it's because of the high frequency of, of sprays. And glyphosate is Roundup. It's, an, it's the chemical name for Roundup. And it actually destroys the villa, the villa of the small intestine. It's one of the most toxic things we could ingest in our bodies, glyphosate. So it's screwed up the digestive system. Uh, people are being gluten-free. They're not, because uh, the wheat, what they do is before they harvest the wheat, they give a, a huge spray onto the wheat of glyphosate. So it's a chemical that we're ingesting in our foods. Hopefully most people nowadays are trying to eat organically, growing their own food, but uh, the, the wheat products are very toxic for the body. Yeah. And our body doesn't recognize it. It's now even in our waters. That's why we're talking about the reverse osmosis importance of, you know, cleaning up your water sources because, you know, they're spraying it on the crops, it rains, and then that gets into the soil, which gets into the rivers, and it's all over the place and wrecking havoc on our bodies, unfortunately. So I like that concept of sort of like a monthly maintenance. I mean, maybe not everyone could do monthly, but even quarterly with the seasons is just kind of a clean out to try to keep your body. I don't think people really connect that we really are under attack in a sense of all these chemicals, even the EMFs and all these different frequencies that sort of having a colonic that just like empties out the buildup that we naturally are receiving, even if we're perfectly 
Like it's just environmental too. walking on the street, right? Exhaust from cars to just clean out your body, you know, as often as you possibly can. And it's different than a detox. You know, it's a type of detox versus, you know, a lot of people I think are used to doing detoxes with food. But at the end of the day, like you said, you still have this buildup within our body. So how do you manage that, right? We never, we never ever did a detox and you should not do a detox without colonics because you you know you're releasing toxins from your blood and where is it going it's all going down to your gut what's the purpose unless you're going to clean out the last organ of your digestive system what's the smartest thing to do is to have a colonic before your cleanse have a colonic after your cleanse even in the middle of your cleanse and Janice, are there circumstances or situations in which a colonic is not advised? Time is in your life when you would say it would be time to avoid them? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. I don't give colonics to people who have colon cancer or people who are or have colitis. I don't. Uh, Crohn's, I don't. There's better to deal with supplementation and diet and herbs like that. But I don't, uh, when there's a flare-up especially. I have given colonics to people who have had a flare-up of diverticulitis. Some colon therapists would say that's a contraindication, but a great healer, herbalist, Arcus, used to come to me when she had a flare-up, and it was the greatest thing for her. It relieved emergency of the flare-up. So, but most people would be afraid to do that now. And I'm, I'm, I don't promote that, but if you want that, I will do that because it has helped people in the past. But flare ups of colitis, cancer, Crohn's, I usually don't give colonics. All I can say from personal experience is that, you know, doing a colonic, I've only done it with Janice, but the gravity method is very relaxing. It's not intense feeling. I even brought my kids with me. <laughs> Which, you know, they were like, mom, where are we going? But they just, I wanted them to see that it wasn't a big deal because it sounds kind of scary, I think, for people. And I just want to see, I was just talking to them normal. We were all hanging out. And I think sometimes leading by example, even for your family is so important because, you know, if they watch you do something for your body, hopefully when they become adults, they'll be empowered to do it for themselves. I just actually had a colonoscopy not that long ago. And I will say this was pre-COVID because I haven't had one in a while. I did have three or four ulcers in my colon and I just had mine and I don't have any ulcers in my colon. X? You mean polyps? Did they call not them polyps? polyps. But like actual, I think I had actual oh. ulcers and I don't okay. have that. Actually, I did have one polyp, but it was, they checked and it was non-cancerous. But I don't think mm -hmm. I had a polyp before. That's kind of, that was new. So it's just something was going right. And I have to credit, you know, I, I do only, I would say I'm more on the quarterly basis at best because she's in New York. So finding the right cadence for you. And then if you're curious and you want to try yeah. it. I do think maybe mm -hmm. the gravity method is like the best place to start and try to find a practitioner online. And also we do love talking about, you know, free things that you can do at home. And I know after the treatments, you usually have people go to the bathroom and you have a stool that people put their feet up on. Can you talk about what that is exactly mm -hmm. and why that the positioning in which you go to the bathroom is important for releasing your body? This is what I've 
learned and experienced myself that the natural position of our body to go to the bathroom is the same way they do it in the forest and the woods. It's by squatting. That will create the healthiest form, you know, as, as, and it's the easiest way for the waste to get out is squatting. And so Mr. Toilet, you know, from England really kind of messed up our intestines with yeah the model of the toilet these days. So that then in order to compensate for that, we have a stool that we put our feet up so we simulate the uh, squatting position. And sometimes that will actually completely uh, heal the colon of, you know, its issues by squatting. Because a lot of colons uh, that I, I meet for the first time <laughs> are, dis <laughs> are disfigured. Wow. They're really disfigured. They're at, you know, they, they have lost the natural shape. And it's interesting that you're actually not the first expert we've spoken to on the show that has talked about the toilet and the sitting position as being problematic. It's a theme that okay. comes up, I think, in a variety of ways, also in terms of how it affects our dialysis, you know, the muscles connected in our abdomen. And yeah, okay. it, it messes with our body mm -hmm. in a variety of ways. It's, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Something we don't think about something we take for granted. Exactly. And it's easy if you don't have uh, one of those stools, you could get a meditation stool, or you could make one yourself with a stack of books, you know, right. there's many different ways to do it today, you yeah. know, instead of waiting. <laughs> I think the squatty potty, like kind of put it on the map for me. And also a company named Tushy, they also make a great, oh, yeah. a great stool. So I think it's great to have the oppor opportunity some, to give it a try at home, you know, stack up some books. You don't need to buy anything or you can and buy if one you've of been do if you've been doing yoga for years, you can actually stand on the toilet and s people do that. <laughs> I never thought of that. <laughs> I, I, I really wow. want to try that. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. You do, Dina? Be oh, careful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do people well, really do yoga that? Student. That's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, there's many ways to keep clean a out. healthy colon, clean yeah. out, especially water. One of the functions of the large intestine is to um, absorb water into the body. And so if you're constipated, you know that you're dehydrated because they, too much water is getting absorbed and you're not getting, you're not eating enough fiber to get the waste out, mm -hmm. on and on. So, uh, if you have a well functioning colon, you are getting hydrated as well. Thank yeah. you, Janice. This was yeah. so eye opening and I appreciate you sharing your, you said 30 years of experience doing 35, 35, 1988. You don't want to age her, but yeah. you saw Janice's skin. All I could tell you is that oh. she is glowing <laughs> and she is gorgeous. Oh, as you 70s, are. And I mean, we only Thank hope you. to look as beautiful as you. So I think the colonics is definitely I love you, girl. from the inside <laughs> out. It shows. <laughs> it shows. Also, a good attitude. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you, Janice. We, we so appreciate you. your time today. Thank you for your great questions. I really appreciate it. Subscribe to The Well Drop on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Share with a friend who can benefit from listening too. Follow us on social media at The Well Drop. The Well Drop podcast and content posted by Amber Berger and Dina Wismer is presented solely for general informational, educational, and entertainment purposes.
The use of information on this podcast or materials linked from this podcast or website is at the user's own risk. It is not intended as a substitute for the advice of a physician, professional coach, psychotherapist, or other qualified professional, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical or mental health condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered health advice. The WellDrop is not responsible for any losses, damages, or liabilities that may arise from the use of this podcast.